0: I think it was this week that the uh, remade version of Lion King has just come out. Anybody seen it yet? It's out, isn't it? Oh, yeah, quite a few. It's interesting in that story because there's obviously all kinds of lions, and you see the opposites because there is the great lion, Mufasa, and, of course, there's also Scar, the evil lion, the bitter Disappointed brother who wreaks all kind of danger. How do you think about lions? When you think of lions, is it something scary? Something cool and awesome? Some of you might recognize the picture of this lion on the screen. Anybody recognize it? It's Aslan from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Chronicles of Narnia. We want to look today at our second name for Jesus. And it's also a name that is given to us for Jesus not until the last book in the Bible. The book of Revelation. If you recall, John was taken up to heaven to show what's coming. How history ends. What lies ahead. He was in a period of of, uh, severe persecution for the Christians. So it was a very difficult difficult time for the Christians, because as they looked into the future, it just looked bleak and hopeless and black. And God knew that we needed to know that that's not how things are going to turn out. And so he took John to heaven and gave him this revelation, the book of Revelation, to show him what's coming. Well, in that book of Revelation, there is a scroll, which is how it's going to play out. We might think of it as the script of history. But the problem is the scroll is all wound up and sealed with seven seals. And and somehow John knows that what's going to come in history is in that scroll. But nobody can open it. The question goes out, who, who is qualified, who is worthy to open this scroll so we can know what's going to happen? And the answer comes back, nobody. John's not. None of the other people in heaven, none of the angels are worthy. And we want to pick up in Revelation 5, right at that moment. As John has been told that even though he's desperate to know what's coming, nobody's worthy, qualified to open that scroll so we can find out. Chapter 5, starting with verse 4, John wrote later, I wept and wept. Because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed, he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. He's worthy. And, of course, what follows is Jesus opens the scroll. And John is shown, it is explained to him what is coming. But in that statement by that elder in heaven, we gain another name for Jesus. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, for most of us, that really doesn't have a lot of meaning. We get lion, we heard of Judah, But what's that all about? To understand that title, we need to look at a little background. And um, it's over in Genesis 49. Uh, If you want to turn to that, grab a Bible out of the pew, because I actually want to work through it verse by verse. But let me give you just a little background of what we're going to read. This occurs, obviously, at the end of the book of Genesis. And Jacob, who is the grandson of Abraham, Jacob's other name he has given is Israel. And it is his 12 sons who will become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. From their families, their marriages, those 12 sons will become the 12 tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel. And as, as Jacob is about to die... He brings the 12 sons together, and he basically speaks a blessing, we might think of it almost as a prophecy, over each one of those 12 sons. And it becomes a prophecy for that tribe that will come from that son. And so he is giving out these 12 prophecies. He asks each of his sons to come to him, and he speaks this blessing over them. And it's in his blessing to Judah, who will found the tribe of Judah, that we find this phrase that appears again in Revelation. So here's what Jacob says to his son Judah. Genesis 49, starting in verse 8. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. I want to go back and work through that, but notice... Uh, one thing as we read this, it is not a prophecy about what Judah will do. It's a prophecy of what God is going to do through the tribe of Judah. I just want you to catch that. It's not Judah, this is what you're going to do. It's Judah, this is what God is going to do through your entire tribe. And so he begins, and you've got to picture this. His other siblings are standing around. I think this would have been an interesting moment in the family history. Judah, your brothers will praise you. So far, okay. Yeah. Good job, brother. Okay. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. That is a a picture of of victory. You're going to control your enemies. Brothers, it'd still be way to go. That's our brother. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Wait a minute. What? That probably wasn't so popular. But it is a prophecy that Judah is going to be the ascendant tribe. Interestingly enough, all of the people in general that we call Israel today are descended from the tribe of Judah. Judah is the one in charge. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. Now here's just a little bit of trivia for you. We picture lions today as only existing in the center of Africa. But actually, archaeologists tell us that during Bible times, lions went as far north as Turkey. They were all through Israel, Jordan, Syria, Afghanistan, all of the what we call the Mideast, all the way up into Turkey. So this is real for them. There were lions around roaring. They would have heard them at night. And the prophecy is, Judah, you are going to have the power of a lion. The ferociousness of the lion, don't, don't wake them. Judah, that's going to come from you. And then he starts talking about royalty. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. From Judah is going to come a king. And there will be many kings come from Judah, but notice how it ends. And the obedience of the nations will be his. There will be a king who will rise, a mighty king, a king who has his hand on the neck of his enemies, A king to whom all will bow, not just the other tribes of Israel, but all nations will bow. This is a promise from God through Jacob to Judah and to us. And it's that promise to which this elder is referring when he says, Who can open the scroll? The lion of the tribe of Judah. And to a Jew would flash back and say, oh, the prophecy, the promise to Judah of who will come from him. It's interesting in 1 Kings 10, there's a description of the throne of Solomon in all of his power and might and wealth. And we find that around the throne of Solomon were 14 lions in gold. It says, if you read there, it says that At each arm of the throne beside it was a lion of gold. And then there were six steps to come up to the throne. And on the end of each of those steps were a pair of golden lions. So you walk through 12 lions to get to Solomon who had lions under each arm. The lions were a powerful symbol of not just royalty and being the king, but of power. And it's that symbol that is used in Revelation as another name for Jesus. The point for us is, of course, that Jesus is worthy. No one else was worthy to open the scroll, but Jesus was. No one else in heaven or on the earth, no one in all creation, but he is qualified. Because he is the Lion of Judah, the promised king of The promised ruler over all the nations. The mighty one. And that's Jesus. And that's why he can open the scroll. And of course he has shown that by conquering even death. And it's interesting because if you keep reading that revelation passage. And it's the name of Jesus we're going to look at next week. And that is Lamb. Lamb of God. But. What I wanted to do this week is spend some time with Lion of Judah. Because it is to me, if you understand Lion of Judah, and all that teaches us about Jesus, and then you go to the very next verse and says, and that's who became the Lamb of God. The fact that the Lamb of God is the Lion, that makes the Lamb so much more powerful. And I have to betray my prejudice. I love the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movie because throughout the movie, Jesus is portrayed as Aslan, the mighty lion. And in the first two thirds of the movie, he is a mighty lion, but he is kind and loving. And how he speaks to the the children, you just fall in love with this lion. And then, of course, the lion gives his life to defeat the witch and pay for one of the sins of the children of man. But he comes back to life. And I love the scene in the movie because all hope is lost. The children of men are are dying, are being defeated, and facing death by the wicked witch the frozen witch who steals life, who freezes everyone and turns them to stone, and wherever she goes is, is death. And of course, that represents Satan, for whose chief weapon is death. But Aslan is alive again. And as all hope seems lost, and the witch is about to kill the children of man, children of Adam. Aslan comes. And you hear the witch say, impossible, I killed him. And Aslan roars again. And the witch and her forces are defeated by the lion of the tribe of Judah. That was the message of Revelation. That was the picture of. And I want us to think about that for just a little bit today, not just in the story of a movie, and not just even in a statement from Revelation, but what what that name is trying to tell us of who Jesus is. I think for most of us, we would say we have a pretty gentle image of Jesus. We're raised with that. That's usually the pictures, the scriptures we, we talk about, isn't it? Jesus, this gentle, loving person. Jesus, this forgiving person. He is kind. He washes feet. He is a servant. He teaches us to to forgive, to turn the other cheek. If someone steals, uh, takes one thing, give them more. And we get this picture of this very kind and gentle person. And though we would never admit it consciously we almost get this image of this weak person. This very gentle Jesus. And the gentleness part is an accurate picture. But what we need to remind ourselves of is that this gentle, kind Jesus is also a roaring lion. One of the traits of a lion is that they are ferocious. And they are mighty. There is a reason they are called the king of the beasts. Because who can stand in the face of a roaring lion? And scripture says, that is also our Jesus. We need to hear that message. Because there are times, just like John in Revelation, there are times when we shake our heads and say, God, where are you? God, what's going on in my life? I feel like I'm losing, or I feel like the, the, the Christians are losing, or good is losing. Where are you, God? And we see Jesus on a cross dying, but we forget He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And He is triumphant. And that is our Jesus a savior who rescues a savior who can form a whip and clean out the whole temple when the temple has been co- become corrupt with money changers we don't see that image of Jesus enough because we need to remind ourselves of who Jesus is and with his kindness there is also power and courage one of my favorite pictures is, I think it happens in Nazareth. And the people turn against him because he's just, he's a fake. I mean, he grew up in town here. We know him. They don't believe in Jesus. And it says at one point, a crowd comes in. They're going to throw him off a mountain. Throw him off a hill to kill him. It's steep enough. And then it says, Jesus turned and he walked through the crowd. And not a person would touch him. Now picture, we we have plenty of mobs in the news, right? Riots out of control. But also picture the very person they're all screaming about and want to kill, turning and just walking through the crowd. And the crowd just steps back and right through him he goes. And no one would touch him. That is a man of incredible courage. That is a lion of Judah. It is the lion who defeats Satan. And it is the lion of Judah who will defeat evil. And there will come a time when the lion of Judah will come back and fulfill that prophecy of Genesis 49. And that lion's name will be Jesus. And he is our Jesus. He is the Jesus we pray to every day. He is the Jesus we go to when we need help. He is the Jesus we go to when we feel like, what do we do? I don't have any answers. That is our Jesus. And a complete picture of him must include the concept that he can be a lion. And when needed, he can become this ferocious lion. That Satan and all of evil cannot stop or stand against. And that is what makes it so amazing when we look at next week when the lion, who has all power, allows himself to be killed for us. And that's why, if you continue reading in that passage in Revelation, all of heaven bows down and worships him. Not because he's a lion but because he's a lion who was willing to become the lamb who is slain for us. And the very fact that he is the lion of Judah and yet allowed himself to be killed makes that death all the more amazing. But what I want us to remember today is who Jesus is as the lion of Judah the mighty king, all-powerful, to whom all the nations will bow, who is the king, the greatest, the most powerful. He is the fulfillment of the promise from Genesis 49, where God said, one day through you, Judah, through your tribe, I will send a lion who will rule all nations, to whom all will bow. I will send that lion. And we're fortunate because we get to know his name. The lion God sent is Jesus, the Lion of Judah. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to join the throngs of heaven and praise and worship you. You are the Lion of Judah. You alone are worthy, almighty, King, powerful, cannot be defeated. And we are so thankful that you're our king. That you are for us. And that we can come to you, the Lion of Judah, and talk with you, ask for your help, share in your victory. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you. Mighty Lion of Judah. In your name.